Hello, this is Corey. This is Ryan. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast, in which Corey and Ryan embrace the great commission given to us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. We aim to strengthen the walk of fellow Christians, and we hope to reach the lost. Although we're not qualified, we have been equipped to share God's love. Thank you for joining us on the show. Hey everyone, this is Ryan. This is Corey. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast. So uh, this week's episode is quite the adventure. Um, but before we get started, Ryan, can you lead us in a word of prayer? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us gather here, Father. And uh, I pray that uh, you get the message out that you want out of this podcast episode, Father, and reach the people that you want to reach. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So this week's episode is a little different. Um, we're trying a little different formats, but uh, this week's episode is should you monetize the gospel or should you monetize the church or how, how what does that look like? But the official title is should you monetize the gospel? Now, what do you mean by that? Uh, so what I mean by monetization of the gospel is like you, you, you see these uh, mega churches, right? Um, they have ways of monetization that's non-traditional so traditionally like they have you know tithing and offering right but in these mega churches you have coffee shops you have books bookstores you have worship cds you have um and some of them even record the sermon and sell the sermon right so we kind of dissect each of those um and go a deep dive into each of them, I guess. But uh, so, what's your what's your overall opinion? If I, if I just if I just said, give me you know short answer. What is your opinion of monetization of the church? I believe the church has to make money somehow. I mean, this <clears throat> the light bills are not paid off of love. You know what I'm saying? They don't take Holy Spirit as yeah. as, as payment. But I believe, like we were talking earlier, I believe that. You shouldn't record the service and sell it on a CD. That should be open to everybody, in my opinion. Now, I think like coffee shops or what what else did we say? Like bookstores. Bookstores and stuff like that. I believe that's okay because the church needs to be funded. I mean, I don't know. So I definitely believe like you, I, uh, I mean, look at this ministry. This ministry has to be funded, right? So we have to do fundraising advertisers and we have to do certain we have to take our ministry a certain way because the lights have to be paid, right? Yeah, so, I think that when money becomes the central aspect, that's when the main problem. That's when that's where the main problem comes from. So, um, what I'm saying is, I guess I'm okay <clears throat> with any form of monetization inside the church or inside the ministry, right? I don't even have a problem with selling the CDs of the sermon, and here's where I'm going to say. I believe it should be open, right? So I should think there should be an alternative way to get the message, right? So if they do it on YouTube or if they post it on a podcast or whatever, the recording. But if you want the actual physical media, you know, like the CD or the USB stick or whatever, and you had somebody like earning you copies of that, that takes time and effort, right? So I definitely think that there should be a monetary value to that. Now, I... Of course, there's a cost of a CD or a cost of a flash drive or cost. Also, I think there's time. You know, there's the, the, the media engineer has to sit there and make those. Yeah, but when you start to sell your messages, I think, 
<clears throat> that's, that defeats the purpose of it because you shouldn't have to pay for a sermon. I, and I agree. I agree. But look, this is where the other things come into play. You know, they have bookstores and coffee shops that make money so they don't have to sell their messages. And, and what I'm saying is I agree with you to the point that it, I believe the message should be available for free. But if somebody still wants a copy that they could share, you know, via flash drive or via CD or whatever, that the media, putting that message onto that media should have associated cost. And even if you did it at a net gain or loss of zero, you know, you just did the cost of the flash drives or the cost of the CDs, you know, I don't know what the breakdown is. I know a flash drive would be a lot more expensive, but I don't know what the flat, the breakdown of a CD is. But, you know, I suspect if you average... Little to, little to nothing. Little to nothing, right? But I would still say that if a media engineer had to make 200 CDs, I mean, that's obviously going to... There's going to be a time strength that, you know, I think that media engineer should be paid for that time. And that's a whole different... I mean, we can kind of deep dive into that. Now, I, I think it should be. It should be outweighed by the other various revenues. Okay, and, and I, like I say, I'm agreeing with you. Now, I've never even seen a church that sells their CDs like that. I don't know. So I've definitely been in some, some mega churches that rake in the money, right? They make the money. And I guess what I'm asking is, so obviously we're agreeing that it's okay to monetize ministry, right? It's okay to monetize the church. It's okay to monetize. And I think even the federal government kind of sides with us on this, that the church has to make money. I mean, the church is a business. A business has to function. That's why they make them a nonprofit corporation, right? And I know know people in my personal life who do not like the idea of the church being monetized. But that's a a different story for a different day. So what I'm... I guess getting to is we've agreed to monetize the church, but at what point, like you said, when money becomes the root, how do you evaluate the ministry to know if the money's becoming the root? I don't know. Um, I here recently began watching a Hillsong documentary. I think it's on Discovery Plus or something, and it shows their upbringing. And I forgot the main pastor's name. I don't know. But his dad, I think it was his dad that started the church. I may be wrong, but yeah, I think it was his dad that started the church. And the son took over the business, and he, well, the church took took over the church, not the business. Same thing, but he blew the church up. Like, it became huge. I think they started in Australia, and now they have, I know they have a campus here in the U.S. that's in New York. And he was raking in the money. He he knew how to how to sell the product. And Carl Lentz became the pastor of New York, and this is where it all goes downhill. I'm not going to tell you his story or anything, but he was this, like, big shot. And people started to dislike the church because they realized, you know, that money seemed to be the center. Now, I don't know if it was or not, but the, the documentary made it out to be. And I haven't, I haven't finished the documentary I don't know. What was the question again? So, uh, <laughs> so my question is, um, how do you evaluate the ministry or how do you evaluate the church to know that they are, you know, you can make a lot of money and do a lot of work for God yeah. and money not be the central issue, you know, but how, how do you, how would you, Ryan, go about evaluating a church or a ministry to know if, if money was the central focal point? Well, 
I would hope they have something in place like we do at, at Grace where we show where every dollar and penny went. You know what I'm saying? And where, do the, where does the church put their money towards? Do they pay themselves or do they put it towards outreaches? Well, so here's my, you know, um, I don't know that showing where every penny went is good enough for me. So I used to live in a homeowners association, right? What is that like? Uh, that's where you collectively come together. Gated neighborhood. Gated neighborhood, right? Uh, but you they you take up money, and it's supposed to go to a purpose or a cause, like you know, landscaping or yeah, um, what whatever whatever you decide on as the homeowners association. Now, <clears throat> the thing was they shared publicly where every penny went, but they made so much money that they had to buy all the board members like an Escalade. Okay. They had to. What because do you mean they had to? They had to spend the money, right? So they had to spend the money. Why do you have to spend the money? Why can't you bank the money? Because there's a certain point that you can't have that much money in a bank account, right? So, like, you know, like the F- FDIC only insures up to 250000 on an on on account. I didn't know this. Uh, so, regardless, they would announce, yeah, we're spending the money. We just bought all the board members' Escalades, and it's like, ouch, that was my money, you know, so. Well, no, what I was saying with this, though, if you have that in place, you'd be able to see where all the money goes and do that evaluation for yourself. So, but what is, who has the authority to make what is a rational and irrational decision? You know, and I, I'm, I'm understanding you're going to say the church, right? Yeah. But what if all the church wants to waste the money? <coughs> what if they want to, they're raking in the money and they have a billion dollars or whatnot and they want to, they want to make sure everybody in the congregation has got a Cadillac, right? And the congregation votes on it, right? But if you're an outside person looking in, you're like, wow, that's a complete and utter waste of God's money. But is it? Is it a complete and utter waste of I God's money? I think it is. You can do a lot more with that than, you know, you can donate to charities or something, you know, not buy each other Escalades. So my, my point is um, you have to kind of know where you started, right? Your humble beginnings, right? We started in humble beginnings, right? With zero, zero dollars to our name, zero dollars in the bank account, right? And we started with an idea. And obviously this ministry was funded by donations and by yeah. fundraising and, you know, selling our product. Our product is um, this podcast, right? It's free to the market though. It is free to the market, but we are making money through advertisement and through sponsorships and through affiliate links. This is still our product. Yeah. You know, so we're, we are monetizing our product. This is our product, right? So, but I, I'm i not opposed to anyone having a coffee shop or a huge bookstore, excuse me, to make money for the church, right? So I, uh, I think that's a great idea, and I and honestly, I think like you know the worship team should have you know reign over their music. If they write original music, I think they should be able to record and publish that, and sell it out to the to the public domain, right? I've heard Tony talk about this. So obviously, um, so kind of where this came up, where we go to church had had a meeting last night, like you know they're quarterly business meeting or monthly business meeting, right? Yeah. And we, you know, talked about needing financial money for a a building project that we are attending on 
in taking on, right? And uh, the pastor got up there and he, you know, he asked, he said, this is where we are. This is where we need to be. We need your help, right? And we got on talking, you know, what are alternative ways the church can make money besides, hey, can you reach in your pocketbook and give us some money? Tony, what we're trying to say is we need a coffee shop. <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> I, I, I do. But I do know that there would be, especially, I, and I, I'm not going to say stereotypically, but I would say I would believe there would be some pushback, especially in the older generations. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to stereotype across the board and say, oh, all the old people don't want the coffee shop. That's not what I'm going to say, but I would definitely say I would believe and I would happily be proven wrong. I would believe that there would be pushback from people who are come from a lot more traditional uh, Christian churches, you know, where all they do is uh, sit in a pew and collect money and pay for the things they want to, you know. But I, I definitely think that the church has to adapt. I'm not saying that we should mix in the world with the church, but I think the church has to adapt to keep up with the world. Uh, because the world is out to get your soul too, right? So you have to think of this as a, as a transactional thing, right? So you're either team Jesus or team world, right? And the world spends hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to try to condolute that idea, right? So look at what the money they're spending on concerts and they're spending on um even just satanic worship and things. I mean, look at the money that is pushed behind that. And the way I look at it is money is the driving force of any of anything, right? Right. So what's wrong with concerts? I, I'm not saying concerts are bad. I'm not as a whole, I'm not saying but I'm saying look at the money that is in the musical industry that is in recording studios. I mean there's hundreds of millions of dollars in recording studios. Right, and there's people writing songs every day that are secular about drinking, smoking, mm -hmm. popping people on the street, walking the streets. Popping you know, people on the street. Right, right. They're you know they're gangster yeah, music yeah, out there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, look at the money. I mean, look at Snoop Dogg for uh, for instance. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Snoop Dogg is not pushing a Christian message. Snoop Dogg is pushing a message of do what you want, hurt whoever you want to hurt. It doesn't matter. You're going to get to the top. But look what the monetization monetization that he has behind his name i mean he's got stacks millions yeah. of dollars right so the church has to compete with that right so they have to we have to equally try to push our message that jesus loves you and that this walk of life is for everyone in competition with people who are stacking fifties and thousands of dollars i wouldn't say the money in that situation that scenario matters though i mean what does the more money mean more money means bigger ministry more outreach traditionally so so in, a, in an ideal world right m ministry would kind of um be a prior to a priority and you know ties and donations would would pay all these ministries right but we're that's not what's happening i mean to, to take a church from zero to hero, I mean, there definitely has to be a big financial burden on the people, right? Um, I mean, even if you just look at our church, you know, we started with $90,000 from a bank. Yeah. And then we've grown to what we've grown today. 
that wasn't because just ties and offerings. That wasn't There's just a lot that. of outside donations and yeah. But there was also a lot of um, sacrifice. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of uh, free, you know, working for free, you know. Uh, so for those who know, Ryan and I get paid stacks from the church, you know. That's code for we don't get paid at all. 5000 a week. <laughs> 5000 a I week. I get paid 5000 a week. Yeah, right, yeah right. Salary equality is not a thing, right? <laughs> but yes, Ryan and I do not get paid at our church. And uh, as it stands right now, we do not pay ourselves in our ministry. So a lot of this is, you know, volunteer and sacrifice, right? But this takes a lot of time. It does take a lot of time, right? And 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 I'm not begging for money. I'm not begging. I'm not asking our, you know, our listeners to sit here and and fund us hopelessly. You know what? We Corey is going to put his PayPal link in the description and you can <laughs> give, give however much you want to. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh but uh <laughs> obviously for us to help other people we need financial help ourselves. And the same goes with the church, right? So it's you have to look at the church and I like I said I know personal uh, people in my life but who you need to use discernment on whether you should give that much to a, however much you're going to give to a church and make sure they allocate their resources properly and doesn't misuse their and I was going to say it's, I think it's very important very very important to not have one central point of power yeah in the church and what what I mean by that is um I mean there's a reason the government wants boards. Checks and balances. There's a reason they want a board of elders, a board of people who manages the things, not just one single one single entity. And I think it's important. I think it's kind of hard for churches, especially growing churches, but I think it's important to keep family out. You know, if if you're if if my family is I'm the pastor and my wife's the secretary, and my children are the treasurer and the reporter there could be a lot of bias right right so i think it's important to um spread the responsibilities across multiple representations of people who are there you know the church is made up of families yeah right so i think it's important that the pastor be the pastor the treasurer should be a different family who has no direct connection to the pastor i think the secretary should be a direct you know again I think that there should be enough families that every family should be at least represented on however you decide to vote or however you decide to represent the church. But I think there needs to be a representation across the board, you know, of, and I think we do a good job. Uh, I I mean, I, like I said, I'm biased to grace. I I mean, I tend there, but uh, that is one thing that we, we make sure is that we, like we said, keep track of every penny spent. We, we announce it publicly once a year. Once a year is the or big whenever one. you ask, but yeah. uh, once a month is the little details, you know. Uh, but uh, but I I think we do a good job of also keeping the families represented. Like I said, we have this board member is this treasurer. This this board member is the elder. This board member is the you know. And I, I now, there there are some people that are family on the board, but there's like two or three families represented on the board. Right. Right, yeah. but it's not exclusively one, yeah, one yeah. family, right? But here, you know, at, at our ministry, kind of changing gears, you know, Ryan and I are not blood related. Um, mm-hmm. We are business partners, and 
And first and foremost, we're we're called by God. We're we're disciples, servants of the Father. But uh, obviously, just like the church, this ministry has to be ran like a business. Um, so the nice dynamic between us is um, Ryan is the the money person. He's the he's the one who keeps track of all the finances. I keep track of it. He's just the one who signs off on who can spend yes what. Yes or but, no. I give the yes or no. <laughs> but I I do a lot more of the day-to-day uh, transactions, the um, legal and the bylaws. And, the and, and of course, Ryan is in, in involved in those decisions. But uh, a lot a lot of times my signature goes on, on the thing, uh, you know, like talk, tax documents or filing fees and stuff like that a lot of times my my signature is the one who who bottom lines that but uh, ryan and i we early on we realized in order to make this successful you know we had to discuss everything every detail and what i've learned in business is transparency is key um Mm -hmm. because if you are doing one thing and your partner's not on the on the same page and your partner's doing another thing, and they're and you're not on the same page with them. There, there's going to be a divide, right? So, uh, for us, it it may seem silly, but like like every show, we have a pre-show briefing, like what we're going to talk about, what we, what is our idea, what scriptures are we going to use, what where are we taking this ministry, and then um, every show after show, um, especially when there's questions, we have that post-show follow-up right so what did we do wrong what can we prove on is this allowed is this not allowed you know a lot of our content we bring in a lot of people into our studio that we don't have control over what they say Uh, now we can of course bleep them and we can of course take them off the air but ryan and i have to take on a huge responsibility of making sure that what we bring into the studio is how we want to represent our message right so there's, I will tell you, there's a lot of behind the scenes conversations that happen that say, is this where we want to take our ministry? You know, and uh, a lot of times it's, he has an idea. A lot of times it's, I have an idea and we have to find a compromise of those ideas blending together and not just take it one single way. Because that, that not only is, they, they say money's the root of all evil, Right. It's the love of money. The love of money. Yeah. But I also think um, power, too centralized of a power, is the, the second it's root of a that. dictatorship. Right. Not right. a democracy. Right. But I will say that I, I think in business, I think transparency is key. And like I said, yeah. we will, and I'm, I hate to just keep bringing us up, but uh, we will happily share. If you want to know what the building costs, you can send us an email. We will send you the receipt. Like I said, we we believe in being very transparent. Yes, we are monetization. We are monetizing our ministry just so that we can help other people. You know, th- but this, like I said, there's there's a lot of time, money, and resources that have been poured into this ministry that has not had a return on investment. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's a dead investment. You know, like I said, I. I'm pursuing this as a servant to the follow to 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 the father, you know, and I am okay with what. Obviously, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't keep doing it if I wasn't okay with it. Right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think God equips 
the unqualified. I think God gives, and I, I mean, to look, if you look at a, if, if I was to line out our progress, right, last 20 weeks, we're, we're almost halfway through the year. Yeah. If I would have lined out, you know, the progress <clears throat> reports that I would have been given Ryan in our, in our meeting, and I would have said, if you would have asked me January 1st, 2023, do you believe that on June, blah, 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 this would be what was happening? I would tell you, no, you're crazy. But to see that growth and to see, I, I mean, it's absolutely a blessing to see where we came from and where we are today. We have definitely got traction. For sure. And I, and I want to keep that traction. You know, I want to continuously grow. But I, I'm okay with if continuously growing just means that we do more with our ministry and we don't earn another penny. You know, but... The ultimate goal of this ministry is not money. That's why it's a nonprofit. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's why Corey and Ryan are not getting paid. But uh, I would like to obviously get to the point where, you know, we have a staff, we have a full-time staff that we have producers and we have create content creators and, you know, that are on salary, you know, and, I, and I'm okay with paying them a salary. You know, that's that's another thing is, if I get huge and we're we're selling multi millions of dollars a year, I will happily love to bless those around me, you know. But the thing is you have to bless the people with the dollar that you have before God can let you manage the millions of dollars. You know, so that's that's kind of my take. So I am okay with monetization of my product, our product, you know. We're not going to sell the podcast online. <laughs> this is still free. <laughs> hear me out though that's that's what i think about when you say we monetize the gospel my my first thought is our podcast is yeah but we we still are monetized we are monetizing this this message although we are not people are not paying to listen to this when ads get placed on these things and when our affiliate links in the description right right when those things that's still monetized monetization all right so what's your opinion on like uh, these big Christian artists or uh, worship bands selling CDs. So at the end of the day, I'm probably a lot more, I, I don't want to use liberal, but I'm a lot more loose with the okayness that I am than I believe you are. Because at the end of the day, I think if you have something that people want, you should sell it to them. On one hand, you could say it should be free since, you know, it's it's a... Christian product, which not all Christian products are free, but if they're not in it for the money, it should be free. So I disagree. What do you think about that? But I, I know they have to make a living somehow. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so but, was your Bible free? It was not. Yes, it was. It was given to me for free. Okay, yeah. but the original person who bought it, was I think, it free? I think it was like $40, 40 to 50 something like that. So that's the Word of God. Yeah. People are literally making a living off the Word of God. Right. Do I like it? Not necessarily, but the opposite of liking it is socialism. And I mean, we could yeah, yeah. You have a point. <laughs> I mean, well, I know we should keep politics and, and church separate, but the opposite of free market is socialism. Yeah. And I don't know that I would say I like socialism. Right. So 
Socialism me. and communism go hand in hand, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, do I like the free market approach of selling the gospel and the word of God and making a huge profit off of it? I don't know that I do. It's all about your heart. Where's your heart at when you do all this? You know, is your heart into the money and that's it, or are you want to get the message out? But it's arguable. It would be arguable if I if I were to call, and I and I, it is one of my goals to call these folks because uh, I do have some uh, questions for them. The NASB, the um, Zondervan, Zondervan Foundation, the person who wrote this study Bible. Yeah. Okay. I do want to reach out to them. I would say it's probably arguable that their bottom line is that they want to get Bibles out to as many people as possible. But they need to fund their organization, yeah. But I don't know. I, I've i never stepped foot into their organization and asked them for transparency. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't know. But they are providing a service. They are putting the Bible in the version that they chose into a tangible media. This tangible media costs something. Yeah. Obviously, it costs a certain amount of money for the paper. It costs a certain amount of money for the leather. It co- it costs a certain amount of money, right? But at the end of the day, I don't think it's a bad thing that they're making money on Bibles. But see, I think that's also, I think we're, we're missing a problem. We're overlooking a problem here, right? What's that? That Bible wouldn't have to cost money if people would donate to ministries like this and we could donate those Bibles out for free. Corey's putting a plug in yeah, this I, podcast. I, I'll just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if the church functioned as it was supposed to, where the church helped the needy all across the board, I don't think we would have these conversations. Well, somebody has to be making money somewhere along the line to donate. Right. Yeah. Right. There has to be profit. You cannot operate a business at a for net zero. Yeah. Net zero meaning that you do not make or lose money. At least a break even. Even break even is going to be hard to manage a business because if you break even on every single transaction, you will not have any surplus to donate to the people. You're right. There has to be profit. Well, that break-even could take into account the surplus to donate to people. That's exactly what a non-profit don- <laughs> donation <laughs> yeah. is. That's exactly what a non-profit is. So that's exactly where we are. But I I would say that this is, and I'm not going to say, I have a hard time pushing personal conviction. I would say discernment, right? Discernment. Like I was talking about earlier. It, I think it's very, very, very important to use discernment on how and what to extent you should sell the gospel. If you want to quote unquote the gospel. Whether that's selling Bibles, whether that's selling coffee at a coffee shop for the church, whether that's fundraising donuts, whether that's car washing, whether that's panhandling, whatever your form of getting money looks like, I think that needs to be, you definitely need to lean on the Lord and discern from the Holy Spirit. Because that's why I think this dynamic works so well, is because you question a lot of things I want to do, and I question a lot of things you want to do, right? So 
I think for us, it's 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 very easy, right? It would simply just be having a conversation. Do you think that the unqualified commission ministries should do this? Why or why not? You know, but as a whole, I think the church has become convoluted with worldly mindsets. Mm. And I don't know that their heart is in, in the right place because it, and I'm saying that, and I don't want to diss the church. I'm saying that because we have people on the streets who are never hearing the word of God, never seeing the love of God. And yet we have these churches who are buying their pastors extravagant things, right? They have the pinstripe suits. They have the beautiful cars, the, you know, the beautiful homes, the mansions, and and like I'm, I'm not saying I'm not preaching against prosperity. Yeah, we're not talk, we're not talking like that. Really. I, I'm not. If if the Lord has blessed you, I am proud. I'm 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 happy to see the Lord blessing you. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is, I think there has been transactions in the church that have not been in the right place of heart. Yeah. I was listening to this podcast the other day, and this pastor that I like, his name is uh, Jonathan Pacluda. JP and he was saying he had somebody come up and talk to him like hey you know I want to be rich so I can bless the church more or do whatever and he was like well if you did that you wouldn't be rich at all and he this is a different episode but he was talking he was he was asking people he was like so how much per year would you be comfortable making and let's say 80,000 is the comfortable mark. He said, well, anything above 80 grand, you have to give away, no matter what. That's a mindset that's, that's tough to have, but it's something that we should have as Christians and be, be very generous with our money. But I also think we should be good stewards of yeah, our money. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what I'm, what I'm saying, caveat, I'm not disagreeing, right? But I'm saying caveat, if 80,000 is my happy place, right? And I can pay all my bills and I can do all the things I want to do with $80,000. And I make over 80000 I don't think I should just go to some random church and donate it. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to you have pray to, and lean on the spirit to where you put it. But I also think that you should ensure that your donations don't go to in vain. Yeah. You know, like, definitely. I think you should say, like, I want this to go to this fund. I want this to go to... Because, see, I think that's, we, we've talked about this, but the, you know, the the people who are um, out on the street, right, they have been kicked out of their home, evicted, whatnot, homeless people, right? Or less fortunate people, because there's, there's a lot of people who still have a home, but they're less fortunate, right? Mm-hmm. And they end up on the street, right? And, you know, regardless of why they do it, who they do it for, whatnot, but, you know, you you've seen them those people who are asking for your money yeah right and i i've definitely seen people where they just slide them some money and don't say a word to them don't do anything for them they just slide them some money and say here you go couldn't that be seen as enabling well i was going to say i was actually going to say so i find myself i don't know how i've found myself in this position but i have found myself where i have been an outreach for homeless. So, you know, they, they end up in my life somehow, right? <laughs> yeah. Fall in, literally fall in my lap. But um, 
and I'm not trying to boast. I'm not trying to bag. But you know, I've talked to I, brag. I, I've tried to. He talk, said he said bag instead of brag. Yeah, sorry, brag. Okay. my my English. But uh, I've talked to several individuals who have been on the the lower end of spectrum, right? Of you know homelessness or needing needing help, right? And they say a lot of them is is struggling with addictions. Some of them are struggling with, um, they're struggling with the same things that you and I struggle with, right? And they said they actually want somebody to just to listen. They don't want your money. They want somebody to listen. And when you actually listen, you actually learn of some needs that a lot of these individuals have that has nothing to do with money. Yeah. Uh, for instance, you know, like I, I was kind of talking about this. This has happened to me three times now, so I know it's no coincidence. I asked the individual, you know, do you have your driver's license? Do you have your social security card? Do you have your birth certificate? Do you have, you know, forms of identification so that you can get it back on your feet? And three times this has happened to me. Somebody has said, no, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. Have you ever tried to get a job without your birth certificate, social security card, or driver's license? I don't think you can. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You at least have to have something, some form of probably two forms of government ID in order to set up a bank account. In order, you know, to, to a lot of these companies are doing direct deposit. So at a fundamental level, if these people don't have their driver's license, they don't have their ID, they don't have their birth certificate, they're doomed to be unsuccessful for the rest of their life. And it doesn't matter how much money you slide to them. That's not the help they need. And statistically, I'm not saying all of them, but I'll say statistically, a majority of those are going to go, they're obviously in a place of misery, right? So they're going to try to turn to something that takes away the pain, right? Whether that's alcohol, whether that's illicit drugs, whether that's cigarettes. They're just going to spend that money trying to numb themselves, numb themselves to the yeah. pain, right? And I'm not saying all homeless or substance abusers. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I understand this this cycle of how they got there. You know the the cycle of they actually need somebody to listen to to hear them to take them to the DMV. You know to to help take, them out of their situation, give right. them a hand up. Well, you know, this is the funniest thing. You you know how you know what it costs to replace a birth certificate? Twenty? Fifteen to twenty dollars. Yeah. Right. So the thing is taking time and effort out of your day instead of just sliding them to twenty. If you just slide them to twenty, they may not know where the DMV is. They may not have the access. They may not have the, the means to drive there. So taking taking two hours of your day and taking them to the Social Security Administration office or taking them to the DMV, or taking them to their health department so they can get their birth certificate is worth far more to them than your $20, you know? And like I said, I'm not trying to boast. I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. I, I'm just, this has happened to me three per- personal times. So I, I'm beginning to believe it. Yeah. So, but, yeah. But this is a, a kind of a, heavier subject i guess but uh this is it's a more debatable subject right right but if you uh if you have different beliefs than us we in in the end certainly like to hear it churches have to have a source of income whether that's through donations or 
uh, coffee shops, bookstores, but I don't believe you should sell CDs of the recording or DVDs of the recording. And I'm okay with I'm okay with agreeing to disagree. I believe that should be free. <laughs> well, you shouldn't monetize your messages. It's okay. It's okay to disagree. <laughs> but this has been Corey. This is Ryan. And this is the Unqualified Commission Podcast. <laughs>